Gray, can you please get this party started? Drivers, start your engines! Thomas Automotive Pace Car will escape to the safety of Pit Road. Trevor Knowles and Tate Fogelman will lead them down to the KRC Power Steering Restart Zone. And Stacey Bowman from Thomas waves the green flag and we are off and racing and they've already scattered over in turn one. One driver looked like may have spun the tires or missed a shift. We're away free and clear and into turn number three. It is Trevor Knowles and Tate Fogelman leaning on one another as they work their way off of turn four. Lap number one at Jennerstown is going to be led by Tate Fogelman by four one thousandths of a second. Toby Grinowitz being issued a penalty for race control for passing to the inside before the start-finish line. Tough break for the Texas driver as his night his night's going to ultimately be uh, over before it starts. We all problems. Trevor Knowles hard in the wall, a right front tire. Something appeared to go down. A massive impact in turn number three. Good to see him moving around in the car, frustrated and dejected. But Trevor Knowles, mercy me, that was large. Time being, and there is the leader, Bubba Pollard. 14 laps separating him from $20,000. And uh, oh, he's got to get through this first and nearly ended up taking out the right side of the race car. Thought Jeff Batten was going to zig. Jeff Batten zagged, and Bubba Pollard, a heads-up move. Just about ended his race there with a misfortune with a slower car, but Bubba Pollard proving the veteran that he is, guys, that was close. Bubba Pollard, one half mile separating himself from victory in the inaugural Thomas Automotive 300. He led multiple times over the course of the night and when the money was on the line, he checked out through turns three and four. Bubba Pollard will win his second consecutive Solid Rock Cars Tour win. Pay this one will pay $20,000 in the Thomas Automotive American Freedom 300. Pollard to Edelbrock Victory Lane. Sammy Smith, Jake Garcia, Tate Fogelman, and Chris Davidson with the top five. We will go down and talk to Bubba Pollard, who is now $20,000 richer here in the Keystone State at Jennerstown Speedway. What's next for Bubba Pollard and the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour? There's still a lot of racing to go. What have you got left to accomplish this year? Hey, we just got to keep winning. Uh, that's it. That's the only. That's the. That's the goal when we go to the racetrack uh, is win. And uh, I got a team capable of winning each and every week, no matter where we go across the country. And and uh, that's so. All these guys have built. I mean, they they are they're the hard worker. They're they're the ones behind it. So I just can't thank all my sponsors enough. Uh, Harrison'sWorkWear.com for what he's done for me the last couple years. Uh, I just everyone get online, check them out. Uh, been a big, big uh, supporter for for our race team. I can't thank them enough. But racing radios, Ernest Performance Shocks, um, Race Car Engineering, PFC Brakes, Five Star Bodies, uh, HP Elite Racing Engines. What better uh, racing engines uh, out there than than Jeff Hamner? Uh, they do a great job. So uh, just um, just everybody on the side of this car, Tilton, um, Strange Oval. Uh, TM Ranch, uh, all those guys, just just everybody that makes it apart so I can travel up and down the road to, to win these races is pretty cool.
Today we're calling up Race Series Director Danny Willard. We're hanging out here on the Race 22 Productions Recording Studio in Winston-Salem. This is the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour post-race recap. Danny, how you doing, buddy? Great, Doc. Hope you're doing well. Uh, have you finally made it back from Pennsylvania? I know it's a long trip. Have you made it back finally? Yeah, I made it back. <laughs> I came back, uh, left out Sunday morning, made it back uh, late Saturday, excuse me, Sunday afternoon. And I know how racers are, whether you're on the track or part of the, the, the series. Everybody's competitive. Did you make it back faster than you went up? Yes, I did. New track I, record I for Danny Willard. to the good on the way back, so the drafts work well. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Danny. Well, big, big show for the Super Late Models up uh, in Pennsylvania. Beautiful, beautiful facility. The inaugural Thomas Automotive American Freedom 300 in a co-sanctioned race with our series with the ARCA CRA Super Series at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. And the uh, track promoter, Billy Rebar, had that place looking phenomenal. Uh, looked beautiful on the broadcast with Tony and his crew. But I wanted you to share your experience when you first got there. It's your first time being there, Danny. When you first walked in there and got your eyes on the racetrack, what were your thoughts? i tell you, you know, I've been wanting to go to Jennertown for a long time. Uh, when we got there late Friday night, we walked in the gate, and, I mean, it, it was uh, – Better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, the pictures don't do it justice. I mean, the track is uh, really nice. Uh, looked like it weathered well. I know it was shut down for like six years, something like that, but it weathered well. Everything was up to date. Uh, really, really nice facility. Oh, it did. And, and Tony and his crew did a fantastic broadcast. And Tony had extra cameras everywhere. Had Andrew Hayen. He, uh, you know, did the first race by himself, and then uh, uh, Andrew joined Tony in the. Uh, uh, Andrew is the CRA series announcer, and he joined Tony in the uh, uh, the tower for the uh, for our portion of the race, and then had uh, last year's track champion at Jennerstown, um, Teddy uh, Gabala, I think is how you pronounce his last name, in the booth with him um, to uh, help give a driver's point of view of Jennerstown. So that was really good insight on the broadcast, and had the old PRN at the track, Lenny Patecki, on pit road, giving some good insight and talking to the drivers and uh, giving. Uh, information about uh, what was going on on pit so it was a really good uh, informative uh, uh, broadcast out there on the cars tour.tv and pit road.tv uh, so uh, a lot of folks uh, got to watch that that couldn't travel up there I've, it was my work weekend so not only did i have to work the weekend but i had to work the holiday so somebody had to stay behind and save the world one call at a time that's what i do uh, so <laughs> Let's jump into this. So first, uh, Danny, uh, being your first time there, you know, as a company, this is the uh, part of the company that was the old Pro Cup Series. And the last time they were there, it was 2008, the last winner there was Benny Gordon. And the track record there was 18-770, also set by Benny Gordon. Uh, it was 2005, and that was set in September 2005, 100.117 miles per hour. And the um, the series race there, first time there was 2001, and the last time they were there, 2008. And, of course, as I said, that race was won by Benny Gordon. And uh, Benny won the most there three times. Uh, Jeff Agnew won a couple times. Marty Lindley, Shane Huffman. Listen to some of these names. Brian Ross, Bobby Gill, Clay Rogers, uh, Johnny Rumley, wow. Jay, Joe Gatta, Shelby Howard, Stacy Pruyere. Also, 11 different drivers have won there through the years at the – between uh, 2001, 2008. I don't think they raced there in 2007, I think. Uh, 
but um, good, uh, good many years there uh, running as with the the Pro Cup series. So it's good uh, as an entity to see this uh, company go back to Jennerstown. Um, and uh, so I know uh, as a as a crew, Mr. McNally uh, was excited to get. You know, he's got a lot of roots up there in that area, so I know he was excited to get up there. Yeah, he was. I mean, you can tell Jackie uh, as soon as I got there, he smiled from ear from ear. So <laughs> he knows basically home, you know. And uh, you know, he'd been wanting to get up there, and this was a great opportunity to take the cars tour up there. You know, wh- what better way? Twenty thousand dollar win super late mile race, you know. So that uh, he came in with a bang. Now, do the, in in that area because I know super late models are real prevalent in the Midwest, and they kind of curve over towards you know that area, and then up in Maine. Now, on a weekly basis, do they run super late models or more of a pro late model? I, if I'm understanding correctly, I may be wrong. I mean, uh, I think they run more of a pro late model. I believe. Uh, you know, I know. Uh, you know, they've. Uh, I think the car count's been really good up there. I think they have something. You know. Uh, the crowd's wonderful up there, as, as always. I, you know, I'd heard it was always big, and it was big again Saturday night. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's a pro late model. Maybe wrong on that deal. You know, a couple of their locals that ran with us as well this weekend. So, uh, you know, but uh, uh, I, I think I'm correct on that. Don't hold me to it, though, because I didn't go into detail as far as what they run up on a regular basis. All right, I got you. We'll have to check into that. But uh, beautiful facility, and looks like the fans really had a good time, and and uh, they were they looked very active. And I can hear when when uh, Tony would address the crowd. You could hear him on the broadcast. Uh, they were very vocal, so that was exciting. I was real real glad to see that. So let's jump right into it, Danny. Uh, qualifying, they were wicked fast, as they say way up north. They were wicked fast <laughs> up over there. Um, Trevor Knowles had a bad, fast car, him and that 22 machine. 18.237 was the fast time at 103, three miles an hour faster than the Pro Cup cars. Uh, 103.043 miles an hour was the fast time. And, man, he was looking good. Those cars were fast. I think the entire field was right at a half a second. So, man, the whole entire field was fast. And there was, what, 24 cars that took time or 23, 24 cars? 24. Yeah, we we lost a couple, but yeah, I think it was 24. If I'm yeah, I think that's correct. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, nothing major through practice, anything that you know like that, or um, uh, any instances of anybody having to go through um, the uh, tech room two or three times. Anything you want to share with us about that? Any well, any secrets? I, I helped the series. You know, on Friday I was there, and I, <laughs> you know, as far as the tech team, uh, you know, I'm kind of a like we talked about earlier, I think a couple of broadcasts ago, you know, we all kind of pitch in where needed, and mm-hmm. I was a part of the tech team Friday, and, you know, tech went really, really well. I mean, we had a few that had to make a few little minor adjustments and such, you know, but nothing really major. Uh, everything went pretty smoothly Friday. Uh, the only, you know, he's talking about drivers we lost. You know, we lost right. Brian Campbell, which he was a heavy hitter. We lost him in practice. He had an engine failure, uh-huh. and he had to load up and go home. So I hate to see that because I was wanting to see how he stacked up against, you know, you know, the, the the regular cars guys plus the guys he used to run against. And, uh, you know, Tyler Church, I hated that for Tyler Church. Tyler, oh. he, had, uh, he had some mechanical issues, and he didn't get to run with us as well, so I hated that. Oh, absolutely. I, yes, I hated to hear that. Uh, Tyler, one of the good guys in the pits, you know, running out of his pocket, as we saw at the last time, you know, the Supers were at Hickory. Probably had a pretty fast car, no doubt. And because uh, he works hard, I know he works hard on that car. So I hate that he had trouble. So made it through practice, no nothing major. 
uh, come qualifying, everybody gets through there, everybody's fast. And the pre-race was really good. I think uh, Tony did a real good job on touching on the track's history and then talked about, you know, the, the, the nation's history and just a little bit and uh, did a real good job on the broadcast. And the fans really looked like they uh, were having a good time. The CRA race was first. It was 300 total laps this past weekend uh, up at uh, Jennerstown uh, Speedway Complex. Um, the first 100 was the CRA Super Series. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Now, did you call that race as well? No, their race director, uh, Glenn Luckett, he called that. Okay. Uh, you know, he's more familiar with CRA rules. You know, not that they're a lot different than the cars rules, but there are, you know, restart differences and stuff like that. So he called that race. Yeah, we had um, two or three guys that uh, were doing double duty um, during that uh, event. We had, what, uh, Matt Craig? Yeah, Steve Nassie. Nassie, so. uh, yeah, he, he doubled up. Uh, also, Cody Coughlin, he yeah. was scheduled to double up, but he did not have any look with his super late model. He did not start. He was the one car that uh, qualified and did not start. He okay. uh, had some major issues, struggled with that super late model the whole entire weekend. Okay. Yeah, they put on a pretty good show. Those cars were pretty fast. That was a pretty uh, entertaining race. So, um, so kudos to those guys for racing with us. That was a really good show. But uh, so then uh, off to our guys, man. It was really neat, uh, really proud moment uh, with with all of our cars in the parade lap with the the American flag going around the old glory flying around the track with each flag with each car. That was uh, that was quite a beautiful moment. Yes, it was. That was a beautiful thing. I mean, it was well planned out. I mean, it looked really good, you know. All the drivers riding around with those American flags hanging out the windows. You know, we did have two parade laps, and, you know, it, you know that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing always. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, you're getting ready to race, you know, um, big broadcast, you know, lots of attention there. Um, you know, you're at Jack's hometown. Any pressure on you any more than usual? You know, I mean, you know, it was a $20,000 win Super Late Model race. I mean, you know, probably the biggest money race that I've ever had an opportunity to call. I mean, I've called a lot of big races before, but dollar amount, you know, that that was the biggest one. And, you know, a little bit of pressure, a little bit uh, little bit of pressure going into Saturday morning, you know, for the uh, crew chief meeting. Uh, but after we got started, you know, everything went out the window. It was business as usual, and everything went very, very smoothly. Yeah, well, good, good. And uh, take come down to the green flag. I think ten states were represented um, in the feature, uh, from what Maine down to Florida, North Carolina, Texas, Iowa, Michigan, um, uh, North Carolina, of course. Where else? Indiana. Indiana. Um, I mean, yeah, there was a Ohio. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of great states represented. A lot of lot of faces I haven't seen in a long time walking around too there as well. I mean, you know, Kentucky, uh, Mike Darby, Georgia, Mike Yeah, I, <laughs> I heard that he was crewing one of the cars. Um, he was. Uh, so it was good to hear that name again. Yeah, I hadn't uh, hadn't talked with Gary in quite a while. Um, one one state was missing as far as the driver was concerned that I thought was kind of interesting was Pennsylvania. What do we yeah. need to do for next time? We need to get a Pennsylvania driver in the, in the feature in the big show. Yeah, we did have a local driver there. I don't know where the young man was from, the Francis young he was man. from Ohio. 33 car. He was a local, but I, I don't know where he's from. But uh, he was a local Jennerstown driver and represented him very well. I mean, yeah. I know he didn't get the outcome he wanted, but he did a great job. Yeah, I think he said he was from Ohio, I think. 
I think that's correct. Yeah, he. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was hometown track. I think he's got at least one victory up there this year, and uh, you know he. Uh, you know, you could tell he's got a lot of laps there, and he represented them really well. Yeah, we'll have to get with Tony, the guy that was in the booth, uh, Teddy. Uh, maybe uh, if he's from that area, maybe we can get him in the Super next year and work something out for him next time. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Bring him on. That'll be great. That's right. All right. <laughs> right away, you had to make yeah. a call. Texas driver passing on the left side. Kind of explain what happened there. Uh, that had to have been, uh, what, Tony Grinowitz? Gerinowitz? Yes. I believe that's crazy. The 48 car, you know, I addressed in the driver's meeting several times on how, you know, you got to hold your line. These guys, they know that. And But the initial start was a little bit slower than I would have liked to have seen, uh, but it was a good start. And, uh, you know, we had uh, someone throwing the green flag, a representative. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I think it was a sponsorship deal, right, right. Uh, Thomas Automotive. And um, threw the green flag, and it was a little bit slower than usual, like I said. And, uh there was a little bit of a bottleneck about midfield, but the 48 car, he decided to drop down, and he got a heck of a heck of a start, I guess you'd say, because he passed about eight or ten cars on the inside, <laughs> which is a no-no, and uh, unfortunately he had to uh, come down and visit pit road. Oh, goodness. Even though everybody started uh, a domino effect because of you know bumping and going, what else could he have done? Well, the way I look at it, you know, I mean, you know, there was a little bit of a bottleneck there, but he was the only one that fell out of gotcha. line and the only one that passed cars. So, it could, you know, you look at it like that and you're like, man, you're making – if he'd have dropped down and act like, you know, uh, he was trying to miss something because of the bottleneck and held his position, hey, he wouldn't have got black flag. But, you know, the rule is, you know, you got to stay in line until you get start-finish line. Uh, I got you. Uh, so instead of dropping down and pass about 15 cars – yeah, which he did. <laughs> gotcha. and, uh, okay. He was gotcha. changing gears and burning rubber when he came across the start finish line. Let's just put it that way. And, you know, he was I still gotcha. getting it. He didn't do any checking up at all. So, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I hate it for him, but he was wrong. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, there you go. All right, uh, Danny. All right. Now, they stay side by side for a while, and that's what a lot of guys were talking about. Uh, the, the flat, the track is flat for a. It's a little over half miles. What point five three three or something like that? Yeah, it kind of gave me the size like of a Myrtle Beach. I okay. mean, that's kind of you know how I looked at it. I mean, size wise, I mean, it uh, when you first get up there, you, it's hard to kind of tell how big it is when you first get there, you know. But uh, it's bigger than normal you know most of the tracks we run are three-eighths or a half and it's right. a little bit bigger of course you know and uh it was kind of refreshing to be on track that size to let these guys open open up a little bit and it's, it's not uh it's got a true straightaways front and back it's not d-shaped it's it's a true oval right yeah as far as i can tell i didn't get to go riding around <laughs> it i wanted to i didn't get a chance to walk around or ride around it i just had a chance to look at it from the tower side and uh, when i come through the back gate but yeah it's uh Pretty oval as far as I could tell. Yeah, and uh, Trevor and uh, Tate Fogelman on the front row. Tate Fogelman actually led the uh, the first 10 laps. And, yeah, uh, Tate, it was great to see Tate again. I talked yep. to Tate. I mean, you know, he's been doing the truck deal, and I asked him how he liked that and everything, and he says it's real interesting being on a track in a truck, you know, never made a lap on the place and going wide open in the corner, you know, because of their new rules with NASCAR and the truck series. But, you know, he... he he represented really well and and did a great job, like always, you know, carrying on the Fogelman name. There you go. And then um, Matt Craig, he he led um, from, he took over the lead of round lap 11. 
to lap 29. Mm-hmm. And then right around then is when our friend Trevor Knowles. Trevor Knowles, yeah. Had some lap issue. 29. Had a tire go down going into three, I believe it was. And my goodness, did he yeah. shake the grounds when he hit that wall? I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it uh, felt like it did because he hit it a ton. Yeah, he he was you know had a great car all day. Qualified yeah. on the pole, went diving off in the three and caught my eye. You know, I was already looking at the front of the field, you know, and uh, he just <laughs> hit the wall a ton. Got up on two wheels, climbed the wall. You know, I thought for a second there, I'm like, you know, keep her in the ballpark, everybody, and. Uh, he did come off the wall, and the first thing you know, we got over, checked him out, and he was okay. Yeah, he, uh, you know, Lenny talked to him right after uh, that on the broadcast, and you could tell he was shaking up and limping a little bit, and, um, and you know, the adrenaline's flowing, and you're you're angry and you're PO'd because you just tore up the fastest race car on the grounds, and uh, of course you're gonna say, yeah, I'm all right, you know, I'm mad because the car got tore up, but the next morning when the adrenaline's wore out. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's when you're sore. And so I that's waited. When you're sore, yeah. So I reached out to him, uh, you know, a day after to check on him, see how he's doing. And, uh, here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing better than I was, uh, Sunday morning, but, um, that's the way it goes. Just can't thank everybody for, for, uh, checking in on me and, and wishing me well. But, um, yeah, well, I, that, that was a pretty good hit. Uh, I took a, Took a pretty good hit a couple of years ago at Winchester. Actually had the same problem. A right front tire went down and hit the wall a ton. But um, I'm all right. I can fix. I can fix the car. It can't really fix me. But um, I'll be back at Hickory in a couple of weeks and, and looking forward to get back in with my Donnie Wilson guys. They they have truly put a, a lot into this deal and uh, just can't thank uh, everybody at uh, uh, Wilson Motorsports enough for giving me an incredible opportunity. Now, when you spoke with Lenny uh, after the the incident, you said you felt like you you had a run over something or a vibration going down the back straightaway. It, it went away so quick, you didn't have uh, opportunity to to really diagnose it. Yeah, I felt like it was going down maybe the lap before, and just didn't really have enough of a clue to really, I guess, get it wound down enough to to change a tire on it. But uh, now that I look back at the video, I can tell a little bit in uh, one and two, maybe the lap before in three and four that I was getting a little bit tight. And that's, felt like that's when the Bubba got by me um, right there, but lap before and just kind of was chaos from there. Um, trying to keep it off the walls as long as I could and trying to brace for impact. That was, that was the biggest thing is just trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And there's really a whole, not a whole lot you can do once once you're going that fast and have that so much weight uh, that you got to try to slow down and there's just no point, no uh, really no nothing you can do but kind of hold the brake down all you can and uh, kind of brace for impact. Did you have your feet on the pedals when you had impact? Yeah, we got that's probably what the case was. We got knee knockers in those cars to try to keep your knees from hitting the steering shafts, but so hard and probably what happened just uh just slammed my knees against the steering shaft probably what hurt my leg a little bit but other than that i'm all better now i'm getting over it take some ibuprofen and i'll move on <laughs> once you made that yeah. heavy impact was you sure you were on the track or out of the track uh once it stopped well i saw some cars rolling by so i knew i was at least <laughs> on the racetrack i just didn't know how bad it was sore up and but you really almost thought you went out of the track though didn't you that's four seconds. Now there's four, four, couple seconds. I thought I was going over the wall. Um, it happened so quick. It just, 
luckily the wall threw me back on the racetrack I feel like it it done its job that's for sure yeah um and luckily it was uh, i looked back looking at the video i didn't realize there was no fence and a big drop off on the back stretch and then the turn three and four so luckily i didn't go over that would have been bad you'd have been over at the folks with the fireworks <laughs> that's right i've been shooting fireworks off in the woods over there yeah. Well, luckily with the, the safety uh, innovations over the years, the head and neck restraints and things like that, definitely saved from serious injuries. I mean, you can attest to that after what you just went through. Yeah, just just everybody at Rowdy, just can't thank them enough for building a safe race car. Everybody at um, the new Kennedy's component, component seats, um, Haas devices, of course. Everything that they've, they've improved on over the years, just uh, just can't thank everybody from from them people enough uh um everybody at simpson uh, helmets stuff like that just glad to be here that's for sure <laughs> so yeah it's uh number one glad he's okay and glad he's gonna get to race again and uh, super glad he's gonna be at uh, hickory august 1st so all right after that uh let's see we take off again and then do you think uh you know, because everybody kind of saw, and you know, the guys on the radios, hey, is he okay? Is he okay? Do you think uh, that kind of sends a message to the guys? You think they they kind of pace themselves after something like that when they get a scare, when they see another driver that could be hurt or could be shaken up when somebody hits the wall hard? Do you think that kind of makes them worry about their own right front tire? Do you think that makes them yeah. settle into a to a uh, a groove for a little bit before they start getting aggressive again? Well, you know. I back when i used to race i mean you know seeing stuff like that on track sometimes does kind of affect you a little bit and you got to get back in your groove but you know you, you got to remember your race car driver and what you're there for and everything and if you're not gonna if you're not gonna run it hard you don't need to be racing so i mean you know maybe for a little while some of them i know it affects different drivers different ways some of them you know they just <laughs> as soon as they go back green they're wide open i know <laughs> and uh but you know um yeah it, it, it could affect some of them but uh uh, you know, they're all race car drivers. So after they get going and the blood starts pumping again, and you know we get a few laps under our belts, I'm I'm pretty sure all of them are okay. Matt Craig, he chose the the bottom, I think. Yeah, no, he chose the outside on that restart. Pollard was on the inside. Yeah, it was a good restart. A lot, you know, I got to give the guys a oh. lot of credit. There was a lot of good uh, restarts. I mean, the guys really, really did a great job. All, all, you know, the guys that had the the uh, luck of being on the front row for the restarts, they all did a really good job. Uh, you know, on that particular one, yeah, they, they it was a good restart with Bubba. He did take the lead. All right, then from there, um, you know, a couple of drivers just kind of took over the point, and that being Chris Davidson, who really uh, had a good showing. Uh, Chris Davidson from uh, Friendswood, Texas, the other Texas driver, he didn't get penalized. Um, and Bubba, <laughs> <That's right. Yep. laughs> Bubba Pollard and Davidson would lead again later on, and then uh, he would uh, take over the lead from uh, Bubba Pollard from Chris Davidson to go on to win. Uh, but uh, Tate Fogelman, Matt Craig, Chris Davidson, Bubba Pollard were your four leaders uh, throughout the event. But um, we're hanging out here at the Race 22 Productions Recording Studio in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We're having fun with the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour post-race recap with series race director Danny Willard. Danny, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy afternoon to play play on the phone with us a little bit here. Uh, always a good time talking with you, Danny. 
uh, you know, everybody will look at the uh, the finish and say, well, Bubba Pollard, you know, done took their money again. No, he had to earn it. It wasn't a typical Bubba Pollard romping like you've, like we've seen before, like last year at um, Southern National or something of that nature. But he had to earn it, and he knows he had to earn it because uh, he went there to race the racetrack when he – when any interview that I listened to or in the post-race interview, um, you know, he talked about, you know, the the bump on the track, and I think it was turn three or something like that, in the middle of turn three. That's all he worked about. That's all he talked about. That's what he had to work about. You know, when Tony talked with him um, in the the post-race, you know, that's uh, that's what he said. If I got good over that bump and that's where we can keep our speed, that's, then he knew that's when he had something. That's what he focused on. He didn't t- worry about racing the track or anybody else. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's the difference. That's the experience. But back through the field, man, how about young Sammy Smith and Jake Garcia? You know, we talked about him last time, first time we saw him at Hickory. I was very impressed with him. And does, did he not impress again? Uh, Tate Fogelman, so glad to see him. He comes back and, and does real good. So uh, Chris Davison, good to see, you know, a new name uh, racing with us. Corey Heim off a hot run with late model stocks come back to super late models looking real good so uh, matt craig you know showed strong earlier but ended up finishing eighth so uh you know a lot of good racing back through the field was there anything that stood out to you that kind of caught your attention through the course of the race uh you know i'm sure like you know steve nassi he didn't really uh, have the race that he was really hoping to uh, I, I figured he'd be a front runner before it's over with yeah i did too i, I you know um Nasa, he he struggled. Uh, I don't know where they struggled at. I mean, they they kind of really never, from what I heard, you know, they never really hit it uh, over the weekend. So he he really just you know never got it to his liking, and so he really wasn't uh, in contention there, unfortunately for that team, uh, which they have a great race team. Don't get me wrong, uh, the Nolan uh, race team there, Jet, uh, but. Uh, you know, going back to Chris Davison, the 14, he had a really good car. I mean, I, you know, jumped up to the lead there, come flying up through there, and I thought he was going to have something for him there until, you know, we, we had three controlled yellows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so everybody kind of could lay out their own strategy, you know, on how they wanted to do it. Um, you know, they could get two new tires, uh, move two tires around, or put fuel in the car and not jack it up and make adjustments while it's on the ground. They had one of those three options, and uh, that's all they could do with the controlled yellows. And, you know, we talked about that at the driver's meeting, and, uh, you know, all the teams did a great job. But everybody could kind of lay out their own strategy and everything on when they wanted to put those two tires on, put the other two tires on, or move two tires around. You know, it was an eight-sticker uh, tire race. And, uh, you know, they started on the four, they qualified on, and... Uh, and then it had four spares, four stickers there, and uh, that's what we went with. And uh, so, you know, it, it put it in their hands, you know, to determine how they wanted to do that. And, you know, the way it played out, all three uh, competition, uh, excuse me, controlled yellows that we had, the entire field come down pit road for each of them. So nobody decided to stay on the track and nobody <laughs> decided to gamble. They all kind of just went with what the leader was doing. And, right. And, you know, uh, that's the way it played out. You know, it didn't have anybody that got uh, brave or anything and tried anything off the path. So, you know, uh, that's the way it worked out. And, uh, and and the way it worked out is Bubba made, I guess, the best decisions. And, uh, you know, he prevailed. For this race, there was a new terminology thrown into the twist, uh, controlled yellow. 
And that's different from a competition caution. Uh, and that would come into the play, especially late. So explain to us uh, the th difference between a competition caution and a controlled yellow. Well, competition caution, we have those every race. And uh, the way they work is 40 consecutive laps without a caution. We'll have a competition yellow, and it will not happen in the last 25 laps of the race. Um, for some races, we have controlled yellows, uh, controlled cautions, everybody want to say that. Uh, the way that is, is uh, that the tower will control that caution, and uh, I will come on the radio when the caution comes out, and I will say it's a controlled caution. And uh, long story short, the pace car controls the time, the amount of time they can stay in the pits. When I open the pits, uh, the teams have the option to come down the pits or stay on the track. Uh, and the cars that come down the pits, they have three laps with a pace car, doing pace car speed, which at uh, Jennerstown we established to be 25 mile an hour. And uh, they had three laps. Once those three laps was up, when the pace car come back around, the cars had to be, you know, moving and they could not still be in their pit stall. They had to be done with their pit stop. They had to be rolling on the track, and uh, then they get their position back uh, behind the cars that you know decided to stay on the track. If you didn't get rolling in time, you were penalized, and you went to the tail end of the field. So, but at Jennerstown, they made it pretty easy for us because the entire field <laughs> we had three competition yellows, and the entire field came down each and every time. So there were there weren't any cars to go behind. So the deal was, get, take care of your business, get rolling, you know, before the pace car completed its third lap, and you got your position back. So uh, you know that worked out really well. But that's how that works. Uh, you know, the control. Yeah, that's the first race I've called with the control cautions. Uh, we address in drivers' meeting. You pretty much got to, you know, lay out how you're going to do it and uh, structure it. Uh, it may change next year. I mean, you know, uh, it can change race to race because in the rule book, it's kind of, you know, it, it just depends on how you want to do it. As long as everybody's on the same page and understands what you're doing, uh, you know, this particular race, you know, I laid it out uh, in the driver's seat. We weren't going to have any controlled yellows till after lap 50. And then if, once we had a controlled yellow, we had to run 25 laps before we could have another controlled yellow, and we wouldn't have any controlled yellows or competition cautions, of course, in the last uh, 25 laps of the race. Yeah. Um, so we, we laid it all out to driver's meeting. All the teams, they knew exactly how we were going to do it, and uh, everything went very, very smoothly. There was no confusion, confusion and uh, everybody worked with us. And uh, like I said, <laughs> they made it real easy because they all come down pit road and uh, – you know, when we opened up the pits three times for the uh, controlled yellows, and it um, worked out really well. Do you think it was might have been because they didn't really understand it, so they said, well, I'm just going to do what the leader does? <laughs> no, I think they understood it, because I, well, I, you know, I think they, yeah, it could have been either way. I know exactly what you're saying there. You know, I mean, hey, he's the leader, you know, he's coming in, we got to come in. Yeah. That's kind of part of the game. Nobody took the risk. Nobody wanted to stay out or anything and take a chance. And the way it all played out, they were going to make, uh, you know, have three of them at, uh, at least, competition yellows, and that's what we had. We had the opportunity for one more there at the end, yeah. but it just didn't work out, you know, uh, exactly like uh, I guess someone was hoping maybe it would. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, because they're, but, they're uh, for a while. 
um, you know, you talk about uh, at the beginning, you know, at the drop of the green flag, you had to penalize the um, uh, the 48 car uh, for, for passing. Uh, the way he was really pressuring uh, to be passed as he went a lap down throughout the race, I thought we was going to have several uh, cautions. Uh, man, he was really tough on the leaders uh, as he was going past. Did you have to uh, uh, get on yeah. him through the course of the race? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we had an issue with the uh, 48 car. You know, his day started off terrible. Uh, you know, he kind of, with a penalty there on the initial start, I mean, he was having a bad day. I don't know. I don't drive his race car. I don't know if he was having, you know, ill handling issues with his car or what, but long story short, he was in the way, and he got <laughs> in the way of uh, the leaders yeah. a couple of times, so I did have to come on the radio and, you know, tell him, hey, you know, you got a choice, you know, it either stops right now, I'm going to park you, and it got better, but uh, you know, it could have been ugly. Yeah, he was really uh, making it really tough for the leaders to uh, get around him. He uh, It's almost like he was sending a message to, to someone, I'm not sure who it was, so, uh, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was going to win that battle, trust me, and it, it almost happened. It, I mean, he almost uh, got parked, but unfortunately yeah. it cleared up and uh, he made it to the end of the race. Yeah, and then uh, late we go into the race and then uh, get down to the stretch. 27 to go, Jeff Batten uh, slowed dramatically on the racetrack and then uh, made it to turn four, and he's dead in the water. Um so that really drew uh, some interesting uh, situation for you to make the call. How did that play out? Well, uh, the last yellow we had, control caution, was lap 149. So the opportunity for the next one was going to be lap 174. And uh, <laughs> the caution happened on 173. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm a man of my word. I was going by what I saw said in the driver's meeting i couldn't change it wasn't going to change it because i said we had to run 25 laps after each one and uh so i didn't open the pits you know and uh you know we pushed the uh, 49 car batting in i don't know what his issue was he did get going again but uh you know uh didn't open the pits you know because uh, it was lap 173 and we went back racing there you go and once we got going away um Pollard chose the top. He said the top was the preferred groove once the you know rubber got laid down and things got going. Tony said the fastest lap of the race was 25 to go, I think Pollard uh, did. So uh, kind of showed uh, how he had focused on his uh, race car. Uh, but with 13 to go, Jeff Batten would uh, you know become a player again as he and uh, Pollard almost made uh, contact, if they not did make contact, in turn one. Did you see that? Yeah, um, I saw Bubba coming up on uh, the 49 bat, and I knew Jeff was having a bad day, you know, uh, and I, I don't know exactly what happened. There was a little bit of contact right there, and uh, I did have to come on the radio and, you know, uh, address that situation with the 49 car because he was a lap car, and the 26 car Apollo was the leader, and uh, I, I don't know what happened, but he did get out of the way after they made the contact. I I don't know if uh, the 49 car come down or Bob come up because it did happen on the straightaway past the start finish line. And from the tower, I couldn't really tell who did what. Uh, Bob put him in a hurry. The 49 might have checked up a little bit uh, more than he probably maybe should have on the straightaway. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, they did have a little bit of contact. And, uh, you know, uh, 
unfortunately, you know, it did affect the 26 car enough to take him out of the race. But uh, I did hear after the race from someone that said it did mess the handling up just a little bit on the 26 car because of that contact. So that could have been ugly. Oh, goodness. Luckily, it was only, you know, uh, 13 to go when that happened. So if that happened earlier, man, that uh, that could have been ugly. So just wonder if it was uh, any words exchanged between Bubba and uh, any, any of those uh, guys. So uh, hopefully there wasn't, and uh, everybody can move on and race another day. So, uh, And I guess the rest is history, as they say, because Bubba did go on to, to victory lane. Yeah, he did. And uh, as far as I know, you know, I, I don't think there was any comments as, you know, after the race, you know, uh, uh, everything was pretty calm. Um, everybody acted like they was uh, pretty content with how the race went. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody can't win. Bubba won the race. He did a great job. Congratulations to the 26 team. Uh, but, you know, you got to, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters there, a lot of great race car drivers. So we could do it again next weekend, and it could be totally different. You know how that goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Bubba Paul, of course, your winner out of Georgia. You know, Tony caught up with him in uh, Victory Lane and said the difference basically was how they focused on shocks. Man, I tell you, the difference in winning this weekend was having Brand Ernst here to uh, to get what I needed to drive over that bump in three. And there's a little bump over there, almost getting in the middle of three and four right there. That we needed to be better, and that's uh, I feel like that's where we could we could drive the car hard, get over the bump there, and. Uh, we just worked on shocks uh, pretty, pretty much since we got here. So uh, I can't thank them enough and all their hard work. But, yeah, it's a fun race. Man, I, I enjoy this place. First time ever being here. Uh, racy place, move around. Um, I like it. Hopefully we can come back and, and try it again. So uh, thanks for the fans for coming out on the 4th of July. I know it's a, a holiday, but we're glad you're at the racetrack. And then finishing second out of Iowa, uh, young man Sammy Smith, Lenny Pataki, caught up with him in, in the post-race. Yeah, we were close. We just didn't have the fire off speed like we needed. I felt like we were about the same. He might have been a little better on us in the long run, but I felt like if we had a little better fire off speed, we might have had a chance. But good job to them. Uh, I just can't thank my team, TMC, Communication Data Link, Sinclair Tractor, uh, Toyota, KBM, all my guys for all the hard work. To go to that plateau, the last restart, there side by side, to dive inside a Pollard there. Now, can you replay it with maybe next time you in front? Yeah, the top side was just the preferred groove on the start. You just they, you pick up so much on the caution laps on your tires, and then you just be tight for the first three laps. But once we got going, we were pretty decent, just needed fire off speed. Finishing third, a uh, very impressive young man out of Georgia with a very uh, good team, uh, Jake Garcia. You kept moving forward there at the end of the race. How many more laps until you have been uh, right there with the 26? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's tough to say, really, just – Cause these cars changed so much, but um, I just got to thank thank the crew and everybody that came today. Uh, had some fans in the stands, so I got to thank them for coming out to support me. What could you have asked more from your car, your crew, yourself to be able to improve one or two more spots? Well, I was just a little bit tight there at the end of the race, but um, not really much we could have done there. But um, just a phenomenal job by all the guys. I got to thank them and Arrow Creek Investments on um, Willwood Brakes. They all did a great job. So. I gotta thank those guys. And rounding out the top ten, uh, finishing fourth, Tate Fogelman, Chris Davidson did finish fifth, sixth with Corey Heim, Mike Hopkins finished seventh, Matt Craig finished eighth, Josh Brock finished ninth, and Albert Francis, the local hot shoe there out of uh, Painesville, Ohio, uh, did finish tenth. But he had a good showing there 
looked really good um, in our big feature there, the uh, Thomas Automotive American Freedom 300 for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour post-race recap. Uh, the points came out this afternoon. Matt Craig held on to the uh, top spot. Uh, he was eight points ahead of um, Trevor. Uh, Trevor was in second, but uh, poor old Trevor, with that crash, he drops to sixth. But now Matt Craig is five points ahead of Bubba Pollard. Bubba Pollard jumps up three spots to the number two spot. So now that spot for the lead tightens up to five points between Matt Craig and Bubba Pollard. Carson Quapple stays in third. Now there's a tie for third with Sammy Smith, who jumps up three spots. Cody Connor uh, drops one spot. He is officially in fifth. Trevor Knowles drops four spots to sixth. Uh, Hudson Halder, he stays in the seventh spot. Jeff Batten is eighth. He stays in the eighth spot. Jake Garcia, from where he fell into place after the first race, he jumps up six spots to the ninth spot, already in the top ten, Danny. So how about Jake Garcia looking real good in just his two-second race with the uh, Cars Tour? And Mike Hopkins jumps up four spots to the tenth spot, and that's your top ten in points after three races for the Solid Rock Carriers Tour uh, Super Late Models. And uh, what do you think, Danny? How about some of these guys that are jumping up and uh, falling back? Uh, pretty uh, competitive. Uh, top 10 only separated by 40 points, man. Yeah, very, very competitive. Uh, Super Late Models are competitive wherever you know, they race at, don't get me wrong, but yeah, they... There's a lot of swapping around going on. I mean, you know, it's still kind of wide open right now. It's early. You know, we've got only three races in. And you are talking about Jay Garcia. I had to, you know, I got to talk to him at the Sheets up there after the race. <laughs> he and his family, what a, you know, what a nice family there. I mean, really, really seems like a, a really leveled young man. And uh, look forward to seeing what the future holds for him because I think he's got a lot more to offer. Yeah, and uh, Bubba Pollard even spoke about him very highly in uh, Victory Lane there. So he's got the eye of a lot of uh, veterans already on how respectful he is um, talking with them and how he approaches the, the, the racing in whole and, and how he races on the racetracks. So he's uh, uh, kind of like I described um, uh, uh, a young Matt Benedetto and a Ryan Repco, uh, just you know mature beyond their years. And that Jake Garcia seems to fit that mold as well. So I'm excited to see that these young guys that are coming up like that and very mature uh, behind the wheel of the race car. So uh, that's very exciting. Well, Danny, um, for, for more information and full field rundown and full rundown of the points, be sure to check out carsracingtour.com. Well, Danny, next on the docket as it sets right now is the Hickory Motor Speedway coming up August 1st. It's a dual event. That's the um, would have been the throwback race and i've been i've been uh cultivating my pork chops all year long everybody <laughs> said why do you keep wearing it? i said i'm telling you it's for a reason just bear with me and now that you know we can't do you know it's not gonna be able to do the um, throwback so i don't know if i'm gonna keep them i'm gonna chop them off or what until next year so who knows uh it's not gonna be the throwback it's just gonna be a regular race and as far as the the press release said the they're not going to run the same amount of laps as the throwback. It's going to be 125 laps for late model and super late models, as per the press release uh, that came out after the um, the Jennerstown race. So, uh, 125 laps for the late models, 125 laps for the um, super late models at the Hickory Motor Speedway. 
uh, coming up August 1st. So we hope to see everybody there. And Danny, is there anything else you need to add? No, I mean, you know, um, again, I'd just like to say how nice Jennerstown Speedway was. And, and, you know, thanks for all the fans coming up there. I met a lot of great people up there. They were talking to us before the race, after the race, excited about us being there, excited about us coming back. You know, my first visit to Pennsylvania and first time to Jennerstown, <laughs> of course, and uh, it was a great experience. And I look forward to returning and uh, looking forward to Hickory coming up here uh, August 1st. No, oh, absolutely. I'd love uh, Hickory. It's kind of a kind of you know special place for me always will be and uh had an opportunity to talk with kevin just the other day is up there seeing a friend of mine shake his uh, race car down and um so i had opportunity to uh chat with kevin and and uh i just just hope we can get some fans in there so right now it's 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 questionable so be sure and keep uh keep your eyes on uh carsracingtour.com and the uh, cars tour facebook and and all the the uh, social media, uh, Jacqueline Drake does a fantastic job of all the social media. So if there's any changes or any additions or anything that needs to be done, she will be on top of it on the social media and she will keep you informed. So be sure and check out, you know, keep your eyes on all the social media that has anything to do with the Cars Tour. She will have you informed instantly. So uh, we appreciate everybody checking us out each week and uh, getting a rundown. Uh, of some of the scenes behind the scenes uh, for the uh, Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour on the post recap each week with the race series director with my buddy Danny Willard. Are yeah, you? Yeah, we uh, <laughs> looking forward to the next one. And uh, until next time. <laughs> All right, until next time, we'll see you at the races. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. <laughs>